You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 192 with Angie Whitestone. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I am super thankful for Angie coming back on the show today. If you missed her first episode with me, it's episode 182. And we talk about her book that she wrote called Yes, Sisters. And I will talk about that in a minute. But I wanted to bring her back on the show today to talk about Black Lives Matters. Um, For those of you guys that are new to this um, show and all that stuff, um, you might have not heard me say why I started the podcast. So in 2016, the reason why I started it is because I wanted to give women the opportunity to be able to hear other conversations between moms. And if you could picture like a coffee house and you could see two moms having a great conversation somewhere and you could hear what they were saying and you're like, oh, I just really want to be a part of this conversation. Um, But it would just be socially weird to be able to pull up a chair and sit with them. Um, So I wanted to provide a space that you could hear moms talking, um, even if you're really far away. I mean, we have listeners in South Africa, Japan, Australia, you name it, there's listeners there, which is so amazing. Um, And I'm so thankful for all the listeners. So I wanted to provide this conversation today um, so that you could hear it because you may not have an opportunity um, to reach out to someone who is black um, and be able to have um, an honest, raw conversation with them. So I wanted to be able to provide this for you and give you I don't know, some information. We don't solve any huge issues today. Really, this is just a raw conversation between two moms about how we as white moms can show up better um, for the black community. And that's really what I wanted to do. I wanted to get the ball rolling and a conversation started um, so that we can be better moms and that we can teach our children, um, you know, things that maybe we didn't learn and how can they be better um, allies for the black community and so that they're not sitting where we're sitting today when they are our age. So that's really what this episode is all about. So please, please share this episode with your friends, especially to your white friends that may not have an opportunity uh, to sit down with someone who is black to really pick their brain. Um, But I wanted to jump back to um, Angie's book. I'm not going to do my favorite thing segment. I wanted to just talk about Angie's book really quick. Um, If you want to support Angie, I would love for you guys to grab um, her book. It's called Yes, Sisters. And it is perfect for what we are talking about because the book is about different people's stories and it's surrounding yourself with women who uplift you and encourage you and, um, you know, just are your ally. And so I would love for you to grab one of her books to support her. And I would love for you guys to buy a book for a friend and send it to them. I mean, we really need to band together and lift each other up, especially us moms. Um, So what I'm going to do is I actually have two copies. I am going to do a giveaway. So for those of you guys that subscribe to the email list, I'm going to reward you with um, a giveaway. Um, I know that you guys um, subscribe to the email and I'm so thankful for that. And so if you subscribe to the email, um, you will already be in the drawing. Um, You still can subscribe to the email list so that you can be in the drawing. And all you have to do is go to mominspiredshow.com. And then you just go in and enter your name and your email. And then you will get um, my weekly emails, which is every podcast that comes out on Tuesday. So you don't have to go searching for it. Um, It will be in your inbox. So it's just right at your fingertips. So go and do that if you want a chance to win one of the copies. 
Um, I'm also going to do the giveaway on Instagram. So you need to be following me on Instagram. You can find me at Amber Sandberg. And then when I post Angie's episode, put in the comments that you would love a copy of her book. And then I will do a drawing from Instagram. And I also will do a drawing from um, my email list. So I think that's super exciting. And so I will do that at the end of the week. So we'll do it from Tuesday to Tuesday. Um, So even if you hear this episode on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you still have a chance because I will run it from um, the Tuesday to Tuesday. Let me look at the dates really quick so I can give you an exact. So June 16th, this is going to air. And then um, I will pick someone's name June 23rd, which is the following Tuesday. So anyway, I'm super excited for that. So if you don't happen to win um, Angie's book, make sure to check out the show notes. I will have the link in there and you can find it there. And I would love for you to support Angie. Um, But for now, let's go to the show. I hope that you guys get inspired by it. And please share this with all your friends. Let's go to the show. Hey, Angie, thank you so much for coming back on the show today. Thank you. So glad. So good to be here. So to think, yeah. So to think that the last time um, I had you on the show, your episode aired right before COVID hit, and we talked about your wonderful book about surrounding yourself with amazing friends um, that you call Yes Sisters, and uh-huh. I'll put your book in the show notes again for the listeners to find it. Um, and here we are. Um, I feel like. Five years have passed since that time frame, but then I also feel like it was four days ago. I don't know that I'm losing track of dates and time and all that thing. So it, 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 it seems so weird that I'm like, wow, I looked back to when I aired you and I'm like, oh, yeah, it was right before everything changed. <laughs> Everything definitely changed. <laughs> so uh, before we jump into why I brought you on, how have you been since the pandemic and COVID and being quarantined? What has that looked like for you guys? Well, we were definitely being safe. I was paranoid and everybody was saying <laughs> I was freaking out. <laughs> my kids and my mom's like, she won't let anyone come over. I was like, that's right. Absolutely. <laughs> but we've been, we've been well. We've done, you know, we've been good. Um, we, it's just, um, I can't even really explain just, you know, just how things have changed, you know, yeah. and just, yep. um, just going in, and I definitely think that I have a, I, I know I have a different, um, special love for family and friends and just the simple things just to be able to go to the grocery store. You yep. know, I used to complain, say, Oh, I hate going to the grocery <laughs> store in the rain, but I mean, at this point, it's just like just to be able to go to the grocery store and come back and you're yeah. like, okay, am I safe? You know? So, right. Yeah. 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 It's all those little things that you kind of take for granted, like hugging people right, <laughs> and right. um, talking to people without a mask on, you know. Right, right, <laughs> right. Hugging your mom. You know, I go over there and dive in her bed. We watch movies together Aww. and all of us get together. And so she lives across the street. <laughs> But it's just things are just is different. So yeah. Yeah. Well, before we jump in, how about for people that missed your first episode, how about you share uh, with us your name, where you're from, how many kids you have, and um, and then we'll jump into um, the topic of uh, Black Lives Matter. Well, my name is Angelia or Angelia or Angie's. Most people know me. Um, um, White Stone. I am from Indiana, Muncie, Indiana, to be exact. I have four children, uh, one bonus included in that. Um, my youngest is 16, and my 
uh, oldest was 32, be 32. So yeah, my daughter just graduated with her master's degree. I'm back in school finishing my degree. Um, I have three beautiful sons. Um, I wrote a book. Yes, sisters, as yep. um, Amber said, and um, I love all things about sisterhood and just uh, empowering women to to be amazing and to live their best lives. Yeah. So one of the reasons why I wanted to have you back on is because I know that you are all about sisterhood and mm-hmm. um, and just, you know, finding the people, the best people to surround yourself with. And, you know, with this time that we're going through, you know, I feel like so many people, it just feels so dark and people are feeling bad. And um, I feel like a lot of people don't know what to do, especially the white community. And so I thought you would be the perfect person to just come on as a black woman and as a person who really kind of um, supports sisterhood and to just kind of share with us your thoughts on all of this and I, I kind of just hope that we walk away from this conversation and the listeners walk away um, with a little bit more information, um, some things to think about on how they want to show up differently in their day-to-day life, how they want to parent their kids and all that kind of stuff. So this is going to be a very casual conversation. I mentioned this to you earlier, um, but for the listeners, you know, this isn't going to be the normal where, you know, I'm asking all these questions and you're answering. It's more just going to be a free free flow. Um, so we might as well get the ball rolling. And I guess my first question to you is, how are you doing with everything as a black woman? How how are you processing all of this and just feeling the feelings that you're feeling right now? And what made me stand out too is you're talking about coming off the pandemic and you're wanting to see your mom and all that kind of stuff. So I can only imagine how challenging all of this is that life is not even normal to begin with. And then we add on all of this. Um, so where are you at with this right now? Well, I, um, I think this is something, um, in the black community it's been something that we've dealt with one point. I, I can't really think of a time that is, you know, this time is different, but I think, um, it was even harder, I guess, seeing when the, um, you know, within that month. And I think everyone was with the pandemic was really stressed out. You know, mm-hmm. everyone's, everyone's ready to get out the house, you know? Right. Yep. Uh, we've had a lot of our, our rights and things like that seem like they've been stripped away. And then you had all these things transpire from the, the Ahmaud Aubrey and Georgia being um, shot down and hunted down, basically. And then you have, um, young lady in um, Louisville, Kentucky, and then you had George Floyd. So I think, um, although with, you know, in the last several years, we have seen numerous cases of um, black men being, um, uh, the injustice of black men being killed in the hands of the authority. But I don't know, it's just something with, you know, I think the world seeing George being killed right before our eyes, it just really hit home. And I think that just kind of just took people over, you know, just, you know, that was it. Um, so um, it, it the first first couple of weeks, I'm actually a lot better. <laughs> Even over the yeah. weekend, it seemed like I got extremely heavy oh. and I just crying and just, it's just, it's just been overwhelming because um, I live in a smaller community. And, you know, something I often say is that, each of our stories or our experiences are different. So my definitely my story, my experience about, you know, justice, racism, different things is going to be different from someone else. 
um, from where I grew up. I live in a, a small community and we don't see very many um you know, the police department works with the community. I have a lot of great friends that work hand in hand. They're part of the human rights um, commission and organizations, and they really work hand in, they work hand in hand with our law enforcement. So, um, our sons, you know, I don't, you know, I don't fear for them much here. However, one of my big concerns is that if they go away or drive on spring break, they get pulled over and all that good stuff. Mm. That's what's really scary to me, uh, um, Amber, is because I'm thinking, okay, what if they, what if they are um, encountered by a, a, a bad cop? You know, because right. I can't say all cops sure. are bad. I can't yep. say that. I won't, and I won't say that because I've had family members and people in law enforcement, good friends, so I can't say that. But what happens if they are, um, you know, stopped and roughed up or even, you know, killed? by, you know, police officer outside of the community. So, yeah. Yeah. I was actually thinking about that when you said you had sons and Mm -hmm. how concerned you are for them. So it is interesting that you're not so concerned with them being, you know, in your town, but it's when they leave. And so is there like a protocol that you have with your kids kind of like when they go places, like uh, if they were to get pulled over? Yes. It is kind of like, you know, within, in the, in the black community, it's kind of like how, you know, when um, in the in the Old Testament, when they had the different rituals and the, the things that when I see, you know, they had to put the blood and the different things that they would do, put the blood over the doorpost. It was just oh, something yeah. that the people were just taught, you know. And so that's one of the things that even my dad and my uncles and family members have always taught. We've always heard it in, in our families that, you know, if you stop by the police, it's just like these different things, you know. Be uh, be cordial, you know. Don't get smart, you know, mm. and don't run. Uh, don't you know? As my kids were growing up, like so don't reach for your cell phone mm, and uh, right. Be very respectful, you know. And in yeah. some of those cases, instances, um, we can um, uh, still find ourselves in. You might find yourself in a bad situation. And uh, one example I'll use is that I, you know, did have the opportunity to raise my stepson. And he's uh, maybe five years older than my older kids. And he's he's biracial. Mm. And so I remember he and I would, you know, he said, well, my mom's white, my dad's black. And, you know, he didn't really understand that, you know, the way society would view him. And oh. so I said, I know I want you to always, you know, honor your, your, your ethnicity with your mom being white and your dad being black. I said, but I have to speak the truth to you. I said, you're stopped by a police. They're going to look at you as an African-American or a black woman. No, mom, they're not going to do that. No, mom. So he mm. and his buddies decided in middle school that they were going to, this is the one incident I do remember. He, he's going to run. They decided to run from the police. Oh. Rule number one, I, I've always <laughs> not run from the police. Yeah. <laughs> So he's like, Mom, you were right. When they caught up with us, I guess they called him a lot of racial slurs and all that stuff oh. like that. And that's what I told you. I said, unfortunately, that's the society that we live in. And so um, that, that's just the real truth. You know, with uh, and uh, one of the, the, the heinous and the things that's one of the ugly things about our society and our world that um, that is still here. So, yeah. 
Yeah, that is really sad. I, I saw a video being played and one of the um, dads, he was black, his daughter's black, and she is seven. And it was saying how she, that he has been training her to say, pretty much put her hands up, say her name and her age. It just brought tears to my eyes because I just think like my daughters don't have to do that. You know, they're six and mm-hmm. nine. And so mm-hmm. to think a seven-year-old girl would have to recite this and and to be like, I'm not armed and I'm not going to hurt you just broke my heart. So um, I think too, as white people, you don't realize the white privilege you have, right? Like, cause you only know what your life is like. You don't know where there's privilege because you would have to be with other people to see they're, they're not having that privilege to realize like, oh, wow. Okay, so I'm being treated differently and stuff like that. Um, more on a daily basis. Obviously, there's the big headlines and all that kind of stuff that you see. Um, but just you'd have to be exposed to that and be around people and hanging out with them um, to really experience that. And so um, I know that uh, you and I have talked about that you do have a lot of white friends. And um, what are some things that you feel like you've noticed um, with having white friends that um, you know, that maybe are not violent, but like that you noticed over the years that they definitely have white privilege. Well, and you know, I was really, um, I, and let me say, I was really, um, when you first asked him, saying, do I really want to say that's me? Yeah, I, I, I want to I'll in, interview with her because what's so interesting about me is that I grew up in a community with, we were the only black family in my community when I grew up. We moved into our neighborhood when I was four years old, four or five years old. So I went to school. So the first three to four years of my elementary school years, I was the only black girl in class. Um, I There were a few families in the, well, a few kids in the school that were called, that, you know, called, you know, I was called the N-word in school a few times. Had to punch a few people. <laughs> <laughs> I did, but... Um, the thing that I credit my parents is that they never, they, you know, they both, um, they um, taught us to respect everybody. So, so when we moved into our community, we were, we, in the early seventies were embraced by the neighbors, you know? Mm. So, um, you know, I later heard maybe a year or so ago that I was just like, okay, whatever, that um, one of the, the, persons that actually grew up in the neighborhood as well said that, well, you know, there was a lot of talk when you guys moved into the neighborhood that property value was going to go down and people were talking about moving, which was a common thing that people would do when black families would move into the neighborhoods, they would move out. But I grew up with, um, and some of the girls that I grew up with were still some of the best friends. We didn't, there was no color, you know, we stayed all night and, you know, we played, rode bikes, and did all that fun stuff. And even some of my good girlfriends that I have now, I have several um, good white girlfriends, and we're sisters. And mm. we, we have, I think, what's made us so connected. And this is why I really love that you're, uh, you even desire to have a conversation because that's the, that's the first step. And that you be comfortable with asking, you know, and so we would, you know, some of us work together. So we would, you know, we, we did get some work done, but <laughs> we had a lot of conversations about our culture, race, and different things like that, so that uh, we became educated and, you know, was always interested in learning 
their perspective and they it was interested on their end for them to learn what my perspective and view about various things and various topics. So I think that is the, the, the key is even wanting or having a desire to first identify there is a problem. You know, there is, you know, um, there are some disparities. When I, I remember going to, I was working at another job and my supervisor was okay for the other girls to go to college because I've been on this journey trying to finish my degree for some time, Amber. And it was okay for them to go to school, but it wasn't okay for me. Um, even when I had even started Hope for Women, I remember I had several people look me dead in my face. I went to the bank. The bank, the, the bank officer told me that I didn't have anything tangible. Mm. Um, I went to the um, one of the business uh, incubators in town, and the person, the woman that was there. Um, prior, she was like, uh, how did you come up with something like this? And I just can't believe you did. And it was just those little, wow. little things like that, that, yeah. you know, she just, you know, just, what do you mean? You know? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's those things that's kind of like that those that slide in there and, you know, and, and I'm sure she didn't, she doesn't even see anything or didn't see anything wrong with that because that that's just the norm, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I know. And when I hear that, I'm like, what in the world? Like, I mean, that's just crazy. I mean, you know what it kind of the, the thing that it can it makes me think of, like, you know, uh, women have come such a long way, you know, it kind of going back to the 60s or something, if a woman were to try to come up with a really great idea, you know, and the men would be like, oh, you know, just keep to your house or whatever, and your housekeeping and kind of blowing mm-hmm. you off that way. Like, right. oh, what? So mm-hmm. um, that's kind of what it made me think of when you were saying that. And I'm sure a man wouldn't even think anything back in the day of saying something like that, right? They wouldn't even think that's offensive. Mm-hmm. They're just like, yeah, this is what's normal. And so um, I think that's why I want to talk about these things, because, you know, there could be a lot of things that we think are normal as a white community that it shouldn't be normal and we don't even know it. And so I guess, you know, one thing that I want to um, leave listeners with um, is how can we better show up for the black community, especially if we don't even have black friends or, you know, we're not close to anyone who's black. How can we be um, a good ally and not just for temporary, but for the long haul? And then also to teach our kids to be allies, you know, for people of color. Um, mm-hmm. What is a recommendation that you have um, for, you know, the white listeners to just start that ball rolling? What I um, actually right before um, to get on our, our chat today, I looked at one of my good friends and mentors. He had posted something on his page and his and it had five things you can do as a white Christian. Mm. And which I thought was amazing. And um it's just five things he put one it says pray for empathy. Mm. And I won't read all of it because he has a lot. Sure. But he shares a few scriptures and he shares he's talked about his first point was to share the pain. As long as you see racism and injustice as a problem in, um, for black people, you'll never empathize. You have mm. to feel the pain and oppression saying, I'm sorry for your pain. Express sympathy, not empathy, but understanding that racism and justice are a shared problem. Mm. This is all of our problems. This is not a black person. It's not yeah. black lives matter, but it's, you, you've made it your problem because you're like, what do I do? What do my listeners do? 
to yeah. um, where do we start? Where's the beginning? And the um, next point he had was be concerned with justice. Um, um, speak up um, to rig racism and injustice. So like you're, you know, a lot of times you're around a few family members or friends or someone like that. It's like, hey, that's not, you know, yeah. that sort of thing that helps out as well. Um, change your world. You know, um, we can't fix can't fix racism, bigotry, injustice. Uh, it's it, uh, oppression is everywhere. Um, but you can be a light, and that's what you you have. Continue to be a light um, for those around you. Um, be the salt in your circle of influence, starting at home. And um, value and relationships um, will be the light to others around you as well. So, and then in the fourth thing that um, he stated was do the work, you know, seek peace and unity, um, get informed, listen. Um, even when you don't like what you hear, read, grow, speaking, um, watch, you know, be um, intentional, watch movies, watch um, Netflix or Amazon Prime. They, are showing a lot of things. Um, some of um, Ava DuVernay's work is amazing. She she uh, was the producer of Selma, uh, mm, yeah. the Thirteenth, um, Just Mercy with uh, Michael B. Jordan. Um, it's a great movie, and just different things on YouTube. And you know, and again, you know, just asking and talking to your um, black friends and just um, being there. So. Yeah, one thing that stood out to me too. And we talked about this before, um, jumping on is, you know, I've seen a lot of people say on social media, especially if they have a really big influence, um, and they have a lot of followers and they're white. Um, if they're not saying something, people are just coming after them. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of, um, you know, white people just feel a little paralyzed. Like they just don't know what to say. And, you know, we are in such a PC world today, not even blacks versus white or anything like that with anything today. You know, you never know what you're going to say if someone's going to get offended and all that. So then you add on this huge issue that we're running into. And I think a lot of people, it's not that they don't care. They're just kind of, they don't know what to say because is someone going to take this the wrong way and then turn it around and then make it seem like something that they're actually really not trying to say. And um, so then some of them are staying quiet, but then people are coming at them kind of saying, you're a racist. You're not saying anything. You don't care. You're glossing over this. Um, You're so self-absorbed when really they could just be sitting there going, I don't really know what to do. And so what is your thoughts on, on, um, on stuff like that? Right. Like, and, and here's the thing, it's not even necessarily black people saying it to white people. It's white people saying it to white people. So um, I'm just curious what you think about, um, you know, white people that are actually just feeling paralyzed. It's not so much that they don't care. Um, do you feel like it's best just to like say something? And if it, but if it offends somebody, at least you had good intention. Like, I mean, I'm just curious, like from your perspective, not, what do you think? The thing about it, Amber, you're not going to please everybody, you right. know? <laughs> um, um, and I would rather probably err on the side of caution, you know, mm-hmm. from a, um, you know, I have really enjoyed some, I didn't know some of my white friends were so radical, to be honest. <laughs> and so just seeing some of their posts, and I've had several to inbox me or email or text and say, yeah. hey, girl, you know, um, how you doing, you yeah. know? And, and this being that, you know, um, 
just know that I'm standing with you. Mm. And so even if it's a simple thing that says, you know, um, you know h- how you actually feel and um, and just share that, you know, right. that component say, you know, I just want um, my black friends or my, you know, the black America to know that, you know, I'm standing with you. I'm, I'm here to listen. I'm here to grow and I'm here to ask questions and learn, you know, and and that's fine. I think that's perfectly fine. So, yeah. 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 I know. I've noticed that um, over the past week that that seems to be, ha, you know, has been a challenge and, and stuff like that. So um, I wanted to move on to um, talking more about the kids and, you know, raising them um, so that we leave them, you know, in a better world. And so what are your suggestions um, with, you know, helping kids through all of this and, and to help them understand diversity better and, um just setting them up to be in a better position than say what we were taught when we were their age. Um, I think um, I shared, you know, actually had asked my team to um, some questions and things. I think reading some of the things that we didn't get in like some of the public school, which I'm really happy to see where our administrator, school administrator sent out something yesterday where they're going to really do some work with the diversity and inclusion. But I think as parents, it's just even introducing your kids to children's books, movies, uh, movies that mm. um, uh, not just around, you know, the Black History Month, but even around Black History Month, but just different things where the Ruby Bridges, my daughter used to love Ruby Bridges. <laughs> Wait, what was it again that your daughter loved? Ruby Bridges. Movie Bridges? Ruby, R-U-B-Y. Ruby. Ruby Bridges. And um, she was, uh, I think she's in that Norman Rock, that uh, you see the picture of Norman Rock one, mm. little black girl walking down the street with like FBI agents. Yeah. That's based off of her, her life, uh, her going to school. And, um, and just introducing them to different things about, you know, the, um, hair book that was just out when the Oscar and everything little books like that is good just so that they you know when they do meet um, uh, children of color and, and you know everybody wants to touch your hair and all yeah. like stuff like yeah. that you know and it's, it's really interesting you know so I think um, again you know just movies you know and, and just having conversations you know even with my children since they didn't have the opportunity to learn a lot about um, um, black history, even in our community, I always would tell them, okay, I want you to tell me more, you know, than Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King, which they are phenomenal people, but I want you to tell me, learn more. And I would often introduce them to more um, individuals that, you know, commit uh, that um, invented the potato chip, the, the lawnmower, the air conditioner, the street lights that were uh, people of color. So, yeah. yeah, that and is I really awesome. It's just being able to have that conversation, you know, and asking your children, and which is so interesting with kids now. I don't know how many of your kids go to a diverse school or what, but um, young people today are just kind of different. They're they're real, you know. Um, this the whole they they've grown up in a society and a culture where it's just not a lot. What I know, speaking for my kids, is that they have uh, a variety of friends. So. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I do think that, um, yeah, I feel like a lot of things are uh, very international. I mean, we have Indian neighbors across the street and then we have um, 
Chinese neighbors to the left of us. And so, um, yeah, so it, it is very, I feel like um, it is very common to be able to find um, different nationalities and stuff like that, which is great. My daughter's one of her best friends is Japanese. And so they're here for a few years and stuff like that. So just kind of experiencing that has been neat to see. Um, Angie, as we um, close up, is there anything else that you would like to add for the listeners to hear um, before we end today? Um, I think we had an amazing chat and, you know, something I wanted to add is just, you know, I just would like to encourage um, everyone, you know, not to be afraid to learn, to have those real conversations and just honest conversations with your family, your girlfriends and sisters. And, you know, it's, there's um, there's no wrong way to say, you know, just, just ask, you know, just be open, you know, and I think um once we can, if we continue to have these conversations, we're in to really identify that there are um, injustices for, you know, you know, in you know, the different disparities and um, ethnic groups. I think that that's the starting point. And I think that people like, you know, as I mentioned earlier, being empathy and having empathy for individuals, um, I think, um, I think that's how we'll grow and that's how we'll, we'll be able to move uh, forward. Yeah, I definitely agree. Well, Angie, I so appreciate you working this into your schedule. I know you're busy and this was totally last minute, but I wanted to, I wanted to be able to, you know, air this as soon as possible. So I appreciate you coming on the show. I know this is going to help, you know, a lot of moms just start thinking and and get the ball rolling and maybe start taking a few steps outside of their box and, you know, helping their kids, you know, find some great books and uh, movies to watch and stuff like that. And it may be small steps at first, but um, it's definitely better than doing nothing. So I appreciate you coming on and being so um, graceful and kind and um, just being willing to kind of share what your perspective has been. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, Amber. Hey, you guys, have you subscribed to the Mom Inspired Show email list yet? If you want to have discounts sent to your email and links to the books we discuss on the show, as well as all the guests' information, then you will want to subscribe. That way, every episode will show up in your inbox every Tuesday, and you won't have to go searching for the newest episode. It will be right at your fingertips. So just go to mominspiredshow.com and scroll down and enter your name and email, and you will be all set. See you next week.